Welcome here into the News for Jags podcast. A little bit of a different look, kind of back. Yeah, I like it. We've been working on this for a little bit. We kind of done some video stuff, and then we kind of got back to the audio, and now uh, trying to get back to the video version of the podcast. Uh, Keep bringing you some really good content here, maybe even uh, progress and maybe do some live things down the road as we keep working toward uh, getting this thing just right. Yeah, how about, you know, shout out to uh, our art guy, Earl forgetting yep. all the sun it's been kind of a labor of love for him for the past uh for the past year of, of getting set up in yep. here so thank you earl for getting this running and, and going so i know viewers have probably missed our faces for the last six eight months in okay. this but uh glad to be here jamal and adds another element to it yeah 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 okay so we're, we're kind of working through the jaguars uh off season right now yep. right so a uh, lot of questions swirling we got the defensive coordinator down josh allen just keeps saying he wants to be in jacksonville but uh what does that really mean for him and and do they get that deal done but overall it's draft season right so um down the road and i promised this last podcast but we're gonna push it down just a little bit because this one that one's gonna be a little bit of a uh, another labor of right. love there. We're going to do a full off season for you, free agency, veteran moves, plus our draft. But I think we start with the draft because Mobile was big. Um, was big. The Senior Bowl is always kind of a fun opportunity for players to go and and move their drafts. I really wish I'd have made it to Mobile this year, but uh, didn't quite get down there for it. Uh, we'll see if we can get down there next year. But it really starts to shake things up. Now the combine's the next big mm-hmm. one after that. But I think the look of where the Jaguars might have an opportunity to get players has changed just with this one event. Yeah, Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is prime real estate season for Jaguar scouts, Trent Palkey, to get there. It, it's a chance to really see these guys, talk to them, get to know them. And the stakes are immense for these prospects at these games. You get that NFL coaching experience in a sense. You get to know the program uh, a little bit more. And for guys, you know, looking like uh, to even borrow a local guy, St. Augustine High School graduate, Austin Reed, a quarterback at Western Kentucky, it gives you a chance to kind of put your name in that conversation like you can actually prove yourself and you can play in the NFL. So it's a great opportunity for our local guys at these events and also potential guys that the Jaguars could be targeting. All right, so the Jaguars have the number 17 pick in the first round, then they have a handful of other picks, uh, but obviously everybody kind of focuses on the first round because <laughs> yeah. it comes first, right? Yeah. So uh, the Jaguars have some needs. I think we've talked about a few of them. Look, they, they have a need at corner, especially with the new defensive coordinator and because looking toward the future. They have a need to get bigger, stronger on the defensive line, a need to get bigger, stronger on the offensive line, maybe a need to get a big, strong, kind of physical jump ball kind of wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so there are some needs that they have to address. Now, some of those will get fixed in free agency because, remember, free agency comes before the draft, mm-hmm. but there's also more than just one round in the draft so you can't fix all of them with just one pick right um so we kind of have to figure out where the balance is now this is a really good draft like i like a lot of players that are in this year's draft so the jaguars have a chance to get a really good player yeah and i I went back and i looked at i pulled 20 mock drafts from the last let's say two and a half weeks and really starting to emerge a theme and i think we see this year after year you know you target a guy last year i mean offensive lineman Edge rusher was were kind of the thoughts where Jacksonville would lean towards with that first pick. Obviously, they went Anton Harrison, short up the right side of that line. Now, okay, these last 20 drafts, these last 20 mock drafts, okay, so 20, 20 available draft picks. 
eight receivers taken. Eight receivers, okay, okay. Six cornerbacks. So 14 of 20. So we've seen a pretty good consensus of this. Okay. 14 of the 20 mocks have gone receiver slash corner. And that, to me, is like last year with the edge rusher, pass rusher, offensive tackle. You really were targeting that those two positions in the early lead-in uh, to this. And some of these names, Brian Thomas, uh, LSU receiver, he's been mentioned quite a few times um, in terms of receivers. Uh, Keon Coleman, Florida State, was mentioned yep. a couple times. Um, Rome Adunzi from Washington, sure, uh, another guy who's mentioned uh, several times. And at cornerback, um, Kool-Aid McKinstry was mentioned twice. Okay. Um, Quinya Mitchell mentioned, tw- uh, mentioned once. Nate Wiggins, uh, Ennis Rakestraw from uh, Missouri and uh, Cooper DeJean from Iowa. So there's some repetitive names that are being mentioned, but receiver uh, of these last 20 20 mock drafts, Mm -hmm. receiver, defensive back, eating up the lion's share of where these pundits are thinking Jacksonville needs to address in the draft. Which is interesting because, look, I I think a lot of people that watched the Jaguars last year have been defaulting to the team has to get bigger, stronger in the trenches because that's maybe where they weren't as good at. So going wide receiver or corner is a little bit straying from that. And there was a report last week from down at the Senior Bowl that uh, wide receiver, offensive tackle, and cornerback are what the the team is considering their biggest needs this offseason. Two of those obviously address what what those mock drafts are saying. Uh, Offensive tackle – Seems a little bit strange, but that could be indicative of maybe Cam Robinson's right. future with the team. So, look, I, I, I think the, some of those wide receivers definitely address an issue. The Jaguars need a big – they need a top-shelf guy. Like, it, it, you think about it like a basketball team, they got a whole bunch of guards and they need a center right. um, at wide receiver. And this is a deep wide receiver class, so I lean a little bit away from going wide receiver in the first round. It's just me. Um, I – at least looking at the way things have been shaken out, I'm okay with corner Um, because there's a pretty good shot that the Jaguars get get the top or maybe the number two corner in this class just because there's so much offensive Mm -hmm. talent that's going to come off the board. If you go offensive line there, um, look, a guy that's not in there, and I think after his week at the Senior Bowl, Jackson Powers Johnson, look, centers don't generally go in the top ten. But the Jaguars aren't in the top ten. Right. So he's right in that realm of, is it that time where that first center goes off the board? It's not out of the ordinary for one center to go in the first round when there's that kind of guy. And he seems to be that kind of guy. He had a dominant week in Mobile. I mean, look, he'd be an instant plug-and-play starter for the Jaguars. And the one thing that I think everybody will agree on is the Jaguars need blue-chip guys. They need dominant guys, no matter what the position is. And if the team believes that Jackson Power Johnson can be an instant starter and a blue chip, a top level starter for them, you do it. Yeah, and and to me, this off season is about protecting Trevor better yes. and getting strong on that defensive in that front six, front seven, front eight, whatever kind of format we're going to look at with uh, Ryan Nielsen. But I think you've got to invest in protecting Trevor. This year, we saw the injuries mount up, the shoulder, the concussion, uh, the ankle, knee. I mean, he was just banged up. And that resulted in being sacked um, a career high in the NFL. Um, He missed a game to injury this first game. He's missed due to injury in college or NFL. You've got to get better at protecting your most valuable asset. And, again, I think a big-time receiver helps that, but also that offensive line because offensive line – was terrible, and I think you have a little bit of uncertainty with 
the Cam Robinson issue, which we'll probably get to in a future podcast. Yeah. You bring back Cam, restructure him, and, and that, in a sense, is admitting you kind of failed in the, the Walker Little assignment. Um, you know, you, you, you've got to have – to me, I think you've got to bring back Cam just with that instability. I think you've got to, as you said, um, maybe think about – picking a center early and that I mean is 17 too high for center well not if you value Trevor Lawrence and his long-term health Luke Fortner was uh, regressed significantly Missed. this past uh, this past season um, and and really if you look at that offensive line Brandon Sheriff is a guy you probably can't get rid of right now just due to that uh, enormous dead money hit and, and gaping hole that it would leave um, again he may be another restructure candidate but yeah I think you're, you've got to go into this offseason and say we need to protect and invest in our most valuable asset who's going into year four. Mm-hmm. He had a, a terrible season last year in terms of injuries and being banged up. And the offensive line was a result of Trevor's struggles, his issues that he had. So I do think you've got to invest in getting Trevor better. And if that's a center at 17, I think you do it. Look, and here's the one thing with Jackson Powers Johnson. At the rate he's going, if they don't take him there, he's not going to be there in yep. the second round. I mean, they'd have to trade up to go get him. He is seems to be that kind of player. I mean, he had that kind of dominant week in Mobile. And I know he's kind of been a player that like, at least Jaguars Twitter has had kind of latched on to saying, go get this guy, maybe just because they were sick of Luke Fortner, which is understandable. The dude had a rough year, so it's time to, to upgrade that position and help Trevor Lawrence out somewhere along the lines. Is it there? I, here's the one one thing I want to throw at you, because as I've gone through these, because I, I really like some of the mock draft simulators as I start to go through players just to, to throw different scenarios um, at me. Um, some players sometimes fall to you that you don't mm-hmm. think are necessarily in that realm or even in positions uh, that you don't think. What about an edge rusher in round one? Yeah. Hey, I, wondered, I, I would have liked an edge rusher in round one last year. So And it did not materialize. Here's my, my question in um, – this is, this is something we've talked about, and I think we're in consensus on what the Jaguars should do, but what are they going to do is the better question that I think we try and lean toward a lot of times when we talk about stuff. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. free agent, probably going to get franchise tag because he's due for a big payday. Right. Say they franchise tag him just for sake of conversation. You go into the draft with a guy on a one-year contract, probably not that happy that he's on this one-year contract, do you draft his replacement if the top edge rusher in the class falls to you, which is a legitimate possibility? Absolutely. I, th- I think you've got to, um, I mean, bigger in the trenches, yep. stronger, and if you add that edge rusher, I think that's another one. But I, I do think you have to um, pay attention to, and, and we're kind of skipping past free agency and everything at yeah. this point. Yeah. So um, I think you've got to get better trenches. You've got to protect Trevor better. But again, flip side, same thing as last year. You needed a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You needed a guy who could get to the quarterback. We saw Josh Allen take that massive step forward this mm-hmm. past season. You saw Trayvon Walker take a step forward. But again, as you sign Josh Allen to a long-term deal, as you pay these guys on their second contract, they become less cost effective. Josh Allen was cap controlled for the first five years of his deal. Right. And now you're going to pay Josh Allen. Let's just say he gets franchise tag. He's going to be making $21 million. So, and if, if you re-sign Josh Allen, he's going to be making a lot more money. You can break it down a little bit better if you have that mm-hmm. that long-term deal built in. You have the um, the autonomy to kind of push some of that salary and, and the dead cap and all that stuff out into future years. So, um, I yeah, I mean, if you can get a blockbuster pass rusher to pair with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, uh, yeah, I think you do it. And I think maybe free agency you explore 
an offensive line, an offensive guard, a better center uh, than what you've got now. Look, there's a legitimate chance that Leatu Latu from UCLA is there. And it's partially because of some of the medicals. He's probably not going to test crazy at the combine, but the production in college for this dude has been absolutely ridiculous. I think the Jaguars' need at pass rushers changed a little bit. Look, with the emergence of Trayvon, you don't really want to take him off the field. If you're keeping Josh, you say, okay, these are our two edges. They still need a third edge because mm-hmm. you need three decent pass rushers, and right now they're searching for that guy, whether it's a two years removed from the AC or Achilles, Dewan Smoot, who is also a free agent, or whether it's a, another free agent that they bring in, Yasir Abdullah, who they drafted last year. Those are question marks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they need a third pass rusher. But where they're needing pass rush is right now is they got to find a three technique. Right. Or, and well, I don't want to say a three technique. They have to find an interior pass rusher. Absolutely. Someone who can give them some push, ideally some penetration. Uh, so that way the quarterback doesn't have all that area to step up into that we saw last year. Some sort of interior pass rush. Now, also good news, this draft has multiple guys at that defensive tackle spot that do that as a trade. That is what they made their name for. They're going to be there. Um, maybe some of them will be probably on the board in the first round. Some of them, uh, at least one. And then you, they have some guys farther down the board that they could get on day two, maybe even day three that could help there. The problem is, as I go through some of these defensive tackle guys, they're not Trent bulky guys. <laughs> Trent, Trent is a size long arms kind of guy and I understand it because you look at the end of the day if you look at defensive line generally is the biggest strongest fastest guys that find a way to be successful mm-hmm. in the NFL but some of these guys have what it takes but they're just not in some of those height or arm length spots for okay for a Trent Ball let me a- let me ask you this okay. um best case scenario yes who are you taking at 17 Best case and when you say best case scenario, best case scenario at seventeen, you figure four quarterbacks could be gone at that point. Yep. Um, so you're gonna you're, you're talking maybe your top twelve, thirteen guys in the draft are gonna be there. I mean, is there a Brock Bowers situation where he falls that far and you can draft an Evan Ingram replacement? Um, is there? Uh, is it Jared Verse? Is he a guy that if he's there? You bolster the pass rush. You get maybe a, a poor man's Brian Burns to pair with Josh Allen. I mean, what, what's your best-case scenario at 17 for the Jags? I think best-case scenario is one of these top offensive linemen fall somehow, some way, uh, whether it's Fuaga from Oregon State or um, Bashanu from Penn State. If for some reason one of those top offensive linemen fell, and some of these guys are tackles by trade, and some of them can slide inside, but if one of those top offensive linemen fell, I think that would be a spot – where the Jaguars could really find a way okay. to to take advantage of, bolster the right. offensive line in a different way. Um, but I think some of that is unrealistic. I think realistically, at least the way the draft is shaping up right now, the Jaguars are going to have their pick of probably the top center on the board, probably one of the top two or three defensive, uh, defensive ends or outside linebackers. So probably Jared Verse might be there, but he's probably gone. Dallas Turner's probably gone. Um, but you're, at least one of them's probably on the board. You probably have a wide receiver that you feel decent about that's hanging around. Um, and the cornerback position is one that's going to slide a little bit mm-hmm. just because of the abundance the, of them. Yeah, the, the abundance of them. of them too. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if Jerzon Newton's sitting on the board, I know for whatever reason he's seems to have people have gotten a little tired of him. 
he's not as hot of a name right now, but I'd, I'd jump at the opportunity to get Drazon Newton in the defense. Um, defensive lineman from Illinois. But, again, not a Trent Baalke guy, so probably not on his board. But uh, I think some of the names that we're really going to end up diving deep into, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, fantastic senior bowl, crazy athlete. Uh, the only knock they're going to say on him is level of competition. Right. He played at Toledo. Uh, but he went down in, in the senior bowl, did everything he could. Supposedly he's going to test like a freak at the uh, combine. So his stock is going to soar through the roof. Terion Arnold from Alabama. He's going to be around Kool-Aid. Uh, McKintree, you mentioned, of course, Jackson Powers Johnson. Brian Thomas is going to be in there. Uh, right now, nobody's talking about the pass rusher. That's why I wanted to, like, throw it out there. Because yeah, I just I, think I, I'm skeptical. When you get to this point with a guy like Josh Allen, and he did everything you wanted him to do. He's been a good teammate. He's been mm -hmm. a captain. He stepped away, said, I got to go focus on me. Went and did it. Went and got, set a franchise record. And you say, he's going to be a Jaguar next year. And maybe if you want to read into it, he said he's going to be a Jaguar next year, not mm -hmm. he's going to be a Jaguar for a long time. So he knows so the franchise tag is coming. The franchise tag is <laughs> probably coming. So he's going to franchise tag this guy. And generally, you franchise tag a guy, and if you're a very good and well-run team, then you get his replacement. Because you franchise tag him. Yeah. We talked about this last year. We talked about, we talked last about year. this for the draft because you, know, you, you were in the, the theory of, you know, maybe Josh doesn't come back next year. You know, and that been was kind one of, of the things. He's been kind of, you know, an enigma in Jacksonville. He's had a great rookie year. Yep. He's kind of had this up and down. And Josh is going to get paid in free agency. I mean, this is going 100%. into this is going into year five. Somebody is going to look at Josh Allen and say, this guy's first round pick, top mm -hmm. ten pick. He's long. He just hasn't been coached well in Jacksonville. Sky's the limit. Here's a $120 million contract. Somebody was going to do that. Yes. And, you know, that's where we're thinking. Draft a guy in the first, second, third round and develop him. And I, we had this conversation on this podcast before. Jacksonville needs to draft and develop, draft and develop, draft and develop. And, you know, the first pass rush pick came in round three, right, with Abdullah last year. So you didn't really. No, he was fifth round. Fifth round? Okay. So Sierra Abdullah was a fifth round pick where they finally said, oh, guess we should get some help. So to me, that you can't do that. So, yeah, I. You draft a replacement. If, you, if you're drafting a guy in the first round to pass rusher, that tells me you're thinking Josh Allen is not going to be here long term. Right. If they do that, that says, Josh, this is basically your walking papers. You're mm -hmm. a one-year rental. You're not in the long-term plans. I think they should pay Josh. I think they got to keep their guys, especially when guys want to be in a Jaguar, want to be in Jacksonville. You got to keep those guys. You got to keep the guys you mm -hmm. draft. Draft and retain, right. not just draft and re develop. Um, so I think I think they're missing the retain part right now. So I'd pay Josh. That's what I do. But if I don't know if he's a Trent bulky guy, Trent didn't pick him. Remember that's mm -hmm. that was a Dave Caldwell pick. So Trent could 100% be on the edge on whether Josh is worth the the sort of contract that he's demanded right now. And understandable. Look, Juwan Taylor, they didn't end up ponying up for him, even though they did want mm -hmm. to keep him. And maybe the Chiefs, they're in the Super Bowl, but. Look, Jawan's had his struggles with yeah. them this year. So maybe the Jaguars are sitting there looking like, well, that's why we didn't right. want to pay that guy the big money. So, look, I can understand it. If the plan is you're going to franchise tag Josh Allen, shop him around the deadline, possibly keep him next season, then, yeah, looking for a Jared Verse, looking for a Leatu Latu, looking for a Dallas Turner could make a whole lot of sense to get that in-house replacement for mm -hmm. him in the building. You've got your three pass rushers for next year where you feel pretty good because now 
you got Josh, you got Trayvon, you're going to let them roll out. And mm-hmm. your first your, your first round pick, he's a rotational guy who maybe doesn't get as many snaps as you'd like, mm-hmm. but he, he comes in, plays, and if he starts playing better, maybe you trade Josh at the deadline. Right. Maybe you just let him walk at the end of the year. Whatever it is, now you have that built-in – it's not throw a rookie to the fire. This guy got used to the NFL, showed he can play, and now you get a chance to give him the yep. bigger role. Yeah, it's possible, and I think that's what good teams do. And the Jaguars have not been one of those good teams historically yeah. in terms of being able to draft, develop, and retain. I mean, you're, you drafted Jalen Ramsey. You did well with him. He wanted out of town. You drafted mm-hmm. Unique. Great. I mean, Unique had – Excellent timing. Remember, right. Unique was in this class with Dante Fowler, the number three overall pick in the draft. And Dante was awful in Jacksonville. And, you know, he was a spot guy. He never – I mean, he started maybe one or two games in his entire Jaguars career. And Unique was a guy in that class who outperformed the number three pick in the draft. So, you know, and Unique has obviously gone on to uh, make more money and, and be an impact player in the NFL. Other stops in Jacksonville. But Jacksonville has just not historically – drafted, developed, and, as Jamal mentioned, retained those guys. You like to see me. Devon Hamilton was a draft, developed, retained, and he struggled last year. Uh, nine games he played in. And, we'll uh, give him a pass, though. Yeah, we'll he had a, a pass, back yeah. infection that was uh, that was bad. And mm-hmm. uh, Dewan Smoot is a guy who's draft, developed, and retained. Uh, he's, again, coming off an injury and uh, probably wasn't back to full strength last year. So that's mm-hmm. another guy who could be in that pass rush equation. But you're right. I mean, draft, develop, and I think if you draft in a pass rush in the first round – and you got Josh on the franchise tag, I, I do think that's probably a, an ominous sign for Jack, uh, for Josh's career beyond the franchise tag season, which we're probably going to see in, in 2024 in Jacksonville. And it, you mentioned Yannick. Isn't that the situation where Josh got here? Jan yeah. was on right. the tag. Right. They drafted Josh Allen. Jan played on the tag. And then Jan was gone. Right. It, it That's just how teams operate. I mean, we can go through example after example. It'll be it'll it'll at least be something to to put in the realm of perspective as we as we gear towards this thing to to keep in mind if they tag this dude because uh, and the other thing we don't know is will Josh want to play on the tag mm-hmm. how long does he miss saying I don't want to play on this tag surely without a doubt last year was so great for him that I can't imagine he's gonna be at the offseason program. Mm-hmm. So he's going to miss all that. So you don't see him until training camp anyway. Right. So now you say, all right, well, I'm not going to see you until training camp. Let's say he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So he skips camp. Right. All right. Let's say now uh, he's still upset. Does he skip a week? Does he skip a two weeks? Does he show up on game day for the first game just so he doesn't miss a game check? What does he do? Those are questions that we don't know and that him and his agent will have to dive into if that is what the Jaguars ultimately decide to do. Uh, so that that's just a that's just a if that's just the you know conspiracy theory. Um, and look, I think the the draft is going to shake out to where one of those guys is hanging out, so it would be a good value pick for the Jaguars. But ultimately, like right now, if I had to lean, I think it's more likely they go corner than anything else, just because I think there's going to be some good corners there. Yeah, and and I totally agree. I think they will. Probably lean. I, I think 17 is probably too early in their mind for that big-bodied receiver. I'd like to see him get one. But, again, you have all these laundry lists of, of items in the offseason that you'd like to do. And, hey, who's to say they don't go out and get T. Higgins? They won't. But you could do something like that and fill that need in the offseason. But, yeah, you have a, a laundry list of things. And in the grand scheme of things, what is more important 
to Jacksonville going into 2024. You've got to protect Trevor better. You've got to get stronger at the line. You've got to have that third cornerback, not named Trey Herndon, who is going to be able to play that man defense that Ryan Nielsen likes to run. So you've got two corners now, Tyson and Darius, who can do that. Look, and there's no promise about Darius. Yeah, true. He 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 could be gone. He would save a whole lot of money on the cap. Right. But he's been your most effective corner, consistent corner. I mean, Tyson had a very checkered 2024 with the up and down with the injuries and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was as a step back for Tyson. Um, And Darius was, again, he was their most consistent corner. So, yeah, it it is a money issue with Darius. I mean, he could be a guy that comes back on the restructure. Again, he's on the wrong side of 30 when this season starts. So that's another issue to kind of take into account. But – you know, I, I would like to see Jacksonville get a big-bodied receiver this offseason, be it in free agency or the draft, mm-hmm. um, and, and get him on a high pick. I don't want a, a guy like a, um, you know, Jalen Camp or whoever the receiver of Georgia Tech. You know, I mean, guys, him seventh-round pick. So, I mean, guys Urban like Meyer that. Here. I want to see a guy that comes in that's a first-round, second-round guy and makes that impact. I mean, some of Jacksonville's best picks in franchise history have been second-round guys. Um, you look at Rasheen, you look at a Mojo. Those guys, you can find those guys in the draft, and Jacksonville just historically has not done it. Get bigger, stronger, and faster, and I think that's offensive line. I think that's that that third corner type of player who can play that man mm-hmm. press defense that uh, that Ryan Nelson will want to run. And look, that's one of the interesting things about this year's draft is like the past couple of years we've said, oh, it's a good receiver draft, but it's been a lot of like smaller guys, a mm-hmm. lot of slot guys. This year, there's so many big body guys right. like Keon Coleman coming out of Florida State. Uh, his people seem to think he's going to test like an animal at the combine and just blow people out of the water. But, I mean, Florida State fans saw what Keon can do at times. And so he's sliding a little mm-hmm. bit for because, just because there's so many right. receivers. In any given year, Keon could be the top receiver in a class. But with Marvin Harrison Jr., with the Malik neighbors, mm-hmm. I mean, it's understandable. They're, they're, guy, they're dudes in this class. Uh, so... Look, Keon Coleman's going to be there. He's a big-body guy. I mean, Xavier Legit, he had a, a, a one-year kind of uh, season for him mm-hmm. So, uh, or in South Carolina. He was a big guy who, who could do some things in the NFL that, that people are going to be excited about. There are a handful of other ones. I really like Adonis Mitchell from Texas. Uh, he's a guy that he went to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Justin's a Georgia yeah, guy. He, yeah, he's, that's right. He was a Georgia Bulldog, went to Texas last year, and he is a big body. He has speed. I think he's going to slide a little bit, again, just because there's so many people in this draft. I really like him for maybe the second-round pick that gives you that taller receiver who mm-hmm. can go up and get it. I mean, if I like Brendan Rice, too, Jerry Rice's son. Hey, NFL bloodlines never – you can't go too wrong <laughs> yeah. with that. And all of a sudden, the Jags got Jerry hanging out at games. That's not bad. That's right. So, um, there are some guys – there are definitely some taller receivers hanging out in this year's class that that would make sense. And, look, there was a guy – so, he was in the Senior Bowl last week. Malachi Corley, I, I was kind of on the fence about him. Uh, from Western Kentucky, hung out with Austin, yeah, Austin yeah. a little bit. Uh, so, uh, but Malachi had a monster week at the Senior Bowl. He had a lot of good reviews. Oh my for, goodness! Yeah, um, a lot of them. It, and the thing coming out of college is like bag was that maybe he's not as refined as a right. receiver, and he's not he's not the big body type that the Jaguars need. But if they did want to stay in that realm of maybe the Jamal Agnews, who's also a free agent, if they want to replace Jamal Agnew and keep that kind of gadget player on offense for a guy who has huge upside, Malachi Corley would be yeah. dynamic. And, as hey, Jamal was on the 
Ty J Spears train, the yeah. Jameer Gibbs train. I mean, Jamal yeah. has been on some of these these uh, not prototypical kind of guys. Uh, Rasheed Rice, mm-hmm. uh, another guy he liked. Um, but yeah, I mean, and those guys have had phenomenal stints in the NFL. And can you imagine what that would look like in Jacksonville? Jacksonville got a ton of just these undersized Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Jamal Agnew kind of kind of bodies. Zay Jones. Yes. These are not big guys. I mean, you can no. stand next to these guys at training camp. And you get a really a uh, good glimpse on how moderately sized this Jaguar receiving core. I mean, unless you're looking at like an Elijah Cooks or somebody who's got a little bit of size on him, but he's right. not a main guy. I mean, no. you look at the the Christians, the Jamals, the the Zays. These guys are like you and I kind of size. I mean, th- these guys are not six four, six five no. monsters, and that's what you get with a, a Coleman. Or, you know, the, the, the knock on the Western Kentucky guys, his route tree wasn't as polished as, right. as some of coming out of college. But, again, you're playing that pro-style kind of offense. You're going to learn quick, and you see at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. this guy comes out there. He's an under, unheralded kind of guy who may have been a, a day two pick. And you come out of that Senior Bowl thinking, this guy could sneak into maybe day one. Maybe. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. And one of the things that the Jaguars need, and they've used Jamal Agnew in this role so many times, is like – who on if you need yak, you need yards after catch. Who, who are you going to right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now I'd say like maybe Christian Kirk's your best yards after catch guy, but that I mean I'd say that's not his like best skill. Mm-hmm. Who's your, who's your yard after catch guy? Probably Calvin. Probably Calvin. Yeah. I mean, but you, so you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, and that's what Malachi Corley would be really good at when he gets the ball in his hands. He's just. It's a different gear. He changes. And at the Senior Bowl, he looked like a guy who was on a mission to show people, like, I'm a receiver, too, and I want to do some of these things. And, I mean, he was bullying some of them DBs. Guys were lined up across from him. He's throwing them. Looked mm-hmm. like some of the George Pickens plays we've seen where he just throws the DB. So, um, And he's just not a big guy. So that's impressive to see uh, when he gets a chance to go against some of these higher level of competition guys. And we already know what he can do with the mm-hmm. ball in his hands that he can hang. So there are some receivers in this class that – if the Jaguars didn't decide to make the pick, you feel pretty good about. Like this one, I feel like they, it's going to be really tough for them to draft a receiver this year and us just go, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like even if they don't go the big receiver, I think big receiver is what you want, mm-hmm. ideally, if one of the big body guys. But like Ricky Parasol from Florida, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. Lad McConkie? Uh, Lad, Mc- Lad McConkie is fantastic. Yeah. He is amazing. Uh, I covered him for like a year or two in high school before I got to Jacksonville because he went to North Murray. Uh, so, but he he is he's, fantastic. He's good. Um, Xavier Worthy from Texas yep. is really good. Um, there, there's a couple of other guys in this year's draft that if you get them later, you're like, mm, you could, I could work with this. And they're you're going to be able to buys. get a Lad McConkie type. In that second round. 100%. You're going to be able to get a 100%. guy like that. With the receiver depth in this year's class, I mean, again, I, I know people always see, and we are guilty of it as anybody, you see these big-ticket guys in free agency, the T. Higgins, the Mike Evans. Jags aren't going to get one of those guys. No, Historically, they've just not done that. But you can get that guy in the second round of the draft, and I, the depth of receivers this year, yes. to me, it almost reminds me of tight ends last year. There were so many good tight ends where you were going to be able to get that good guy and – in round two, and there was a, kind of that rush on tight ends. The good guy uh, in round two, you said. <laughs> the good guy in round they, two. You Jacksonville said. did not get the good tight end <laughs> in round two. But, you know, we had – I know Sam Laporta was one of your guys. He was. I mean, there were guys that you're thinking – I mean, Michael Mayer was my guy. Um, you're thinking, man, you can get these guys in round two. And, mm-hmm. and receivers, to me, are like the tight ends from 2023 where there were just so many tight ends 
end that draft where you're going to get that good guy in round yeah. two. Jacksonville obviously swung and missed on their tight end in round two. But, again, hopefully Brenton Strange has a bit better year. But receivers this year, to me, remind me of tight ends last year. So many, and I think you're going to be able to get a great one in round two. Yeah, I'd manage it with that, that in mind. I'd say, all right, look, in round two – we're going to go with what's left at the at the wide receiver bucket because I think they're going to bring Calvin Ridley back some somehow. Mm-hmm. So this receiver is coming in to maybe replace Zay Jones or maybe be your fourth. So I would say you look at corner, you look at the offensive line as your two, okay, these are best player available at a position of need kind of guys. So who falls to us at corner? Who falls to us on the offensive line? How high are we on Jackson Powers Johnson and do we think that he's going to fit our system, be an instant plug-and-play starter day one, and does that fix the interior offensive line problems? If they think that and he's the best offensive lineman available, then maybe he's the pick. Yeah, and, you know, you're thinking when you're drafting a center or guard in that first round, these guys are going to be able to start for 13 years. Yes. These guys are going to be that type of player. This yes. isn't a, you know, a five-year, four-year rental kind of thing. These, when you're drafting a center, a guard – you're thinking, you have that mindset where these guys are going to be with you for a long period right. of time. Like a Tony Baselli kind of guy. I mean, you want you draft that guy, and you say this guy is going to be our franchise center, left tackle, right tackle. Then mm-hmm. you do that with Anton. You're hoping Anton is in that mix for the next 10 years. And if you do a center, a guard in that draft that early, you're plugging and playing him. He's starting day one. Right. And he better – be in that ring of honor by the time his uh, career in Jacksonville's done. You take him that high. Look, I mean, you you have to fix it. They know they have to fix it, and they could they could go the veteran route in free agency and and sure up the offensive line. I think that's more realistic than wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, some rentals at cornerback are very realistic. If they do have to move on from Darius, if they just decide he doesn't fit the new system, whatever it may be. I think a rental at cornerback is more realistic than a rental on the offensive line, mm-hmm. and then maybe you do pick corner in that first round. There's going to be a corner there that's really good. Like Kool-Aid McKintree's sliding down all these mock drafts right now. There's nothing wrong with Kool-Aid. He's just really good at one thing, playing press man coverage. Oh, guess what? Ryan Nielsen wants to play a lot of press right. man coverage. So like, he, he would fit perfectly if even if the Jaguars wanted to trade back and get Kool-Aid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, this year's draft, really good, feel good about it. Um, I think there's a lot of players where the Jaguars should walk away where people feel pretty good about what you're getting. Last year's draft was kind of, once you kind of got past some of it, it, there wasn't a ton. I think they did a good job getting Anton Harrison, their guy, trading back, getting some extra picks, even though they didn't do a ton with those extra picks. 13 picks? Bad draft. They do not need 13 picks this (laughs) year. Just get it done, get it over with, get some high-level guys. Oh, my goodness. If they go 13 picks again or something crazy, I don't know what we're going to do. I saw ESPN did a redraft of uh, the 2023 draft mm-hmm. uh, earlier today, and I just thought it was telling that you look in the first 64 picks or whatever they redrafted, only one Jag. Anton. One, only one Jaguar. That's it. And Trent had 13. Yes. 13 picks. A lot of swings. A lot of swings. But Whew. the NFL.com all-rookie team, Antonio Johnson, did make that. So – Two Jaguars mm-hmm. getting some getting some flowers. All right. Brian Branch went higher in the mock draft. I know he was a favorite of Jamal. He should have been the pick. Yeah. I, I thought, well, look, I like Anton, and I, I think Anton was a very good pick. But Brian Branch should have been your second-round pick. Yeah. Over Brent Strange? Brian, Str- Brian Branch <laughs> should have been the Jaguars' second-round yes. pick. And 
then we we completely change our tune on a lot of things. If they drafted Brian Branch and Antonio Johnson last year, we'd be sitting yeah. pretty. They'd be sitting pretty good yeah, right now. Then you're talking Rayshon Jenkins not coming back. Yep. That's money saved right there. Yep. Uh, and Brian, I mean Brian's in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yep. Um, and played in the NFC Championship game with the Lions. He's set there. I mean, helped remake a terrible Lions secondary. Jags need some help in that secondary, especially with a new defensive coordinator coming in. So again, you have 13 draft picks in a draft. You better hit on a couple of those guys. And does Got not to. look like that right now. No, it doesn't look like they did it. So we'll see what happens. A uh, long way to go. All right. Uh, Pro Bowl was last week. Josh Allen said twice during his trip down to Orlando that he wants to be in Jacksonville. Uh, I think he's on the franchise tag. What's your gut feeling? Do they get a deal done or is he tagged? I would love to see him sign Josh to a long-term deal because, A, he's going to be a Jacksonville for a little bit of time. He's yep. going to be happy, not disgruntled. You mentioned earlier about playing on the franchise tag. Players hate playing on the franchise tag. Yeah, you get a lot of money up front, but you don't get the stability. It's only one year. You get hurt that year. Completely changes the trajectory of your career. I do think they probably tag him and maybe extend Calvin Ridley uh, with a longer-term deal. So I do think Josh will probably be playing on that tag. Uh, unfortunate for him and his, his agents, but I do think that's probably what happens. I think Trent Baalke, in a sense, probably what a lot of Jaguars fans feel after the season. They don't want to hand Trevor the bag after this year. They want to see him a little bit more. I think Trent's going to probably uh, – have that same mindset with Josh and his representatives. We want to see if this is more than just a one-year thing. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely be talking about Josh Allen all offseason at this rate. Uh, franchise deck deadline is in March, right before free agency. So uh, some decisions to be made. Uh, I think the franchise tag for Josh is like one year, $20 million. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely nothing to, to flinch at, <laughs> but probably not the contract that he's hoping for. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here on the News for Jacks podcast, and we'll see you next time.